Hello and welcome to the Gunners Podcast, Season 6, Episode 6. We're back again, gentlemen. We're going to talk about preseason, the meltdown that it is to get disqualified, disqualified from the Champions League because we lost and t- drew a game in preseason. And of course, uh, we're going to talk transfers, but I'm pretty sure it's going to just absolutely drive Danny the GFP crazy. But uh, looking forward, so we're going to switch things up just a little bit considering that we were going to talk about the American tour for, for Arsenal. But late, late, just a few minutes ago, we figured out that Arsenal tr- trans- or Arsenal did cancel the tour, unfortunately, because of a few COVID cases. So we're going to just try to have some fun, talk about transfers and, you know, banter the hell out of each other and see if we could convince Owen to still get that matching tattoo that I'm sure he really, really wants that says, it's coming home. Owen, how are we doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Um a little disappointed for my American comrades um, at the minute. I'm sure uh, we're going to touch on that now in a few minutes. So I'll, I'll I'll save that content for the sort of deep dive discussion that will that we get stuck into in a few minutes. But uh, yeah, good, warm, warm. Um, we were just talking about weather offline, and uh, you guys make me feel bad when I say it's warm over here, or when I say it's cold. Actually. Uh, I have I don't know what cold is obviously because I don't I, I mean I've been around the snow for literally once in my whole life, so after after telling me what you guys deal with in the winter, I think I'm okay in California for the time being. But uh, Danny, short notice, thank you so much for hopping on. And uh, as as your name says, you're the real magic one now, sir. So thanks for filling in. How are we doing, Danny? I'm very good. Could never say no to you three lovely gentlemen. And uh, I was retweeting it, and I didn't even realize my name was in it. That's how kind I am to you lot. Oh, and it's live. I'm not used to doing live shows. It's been a while. I should go and get it up on the YouTube. So, yeah, thanks for asking me. It's always fun. Yes, absolutely. We're not going to let you uh, go stale when it comes to that, man. And every time every time you think you're off a podcast, like we're going to have Owen, Mikey, myself, we're just going to keep on bugging you to come back. So eventually I'm going to get you on, on the other nap pod. So somebody could actually watch it for a change. It'd be nice. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> I don't know. Jared, I feel like I've been, I've spoke to you in that exact same spot. Maybe, I don't know, some odd 10 hours ago. So yeah, well, I was going to say it's probably been at least 18 hours since you and I have done a pod together. So it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been too long. We have, we have to catch up. So much things have changed, man. How, how's it going, dude? going pretty good another slow day over here but always busy day in arsenal news so we got plenty to talk about i'm sure absolutely so i'm going to pass it on to owen he's going to provide us a few talking subjects and as always he's going to make sure to push a few buttons if i know him well so you have such a low opinion of me i would never do such a thing um no look i think the first place to start is uh jared the the florida trip or sorry the lack thereof um the news has recently broke that uh, the American tour will now be cancelled due to COVID. Um, talk to me from the perspective of somebody in America um, how devastating that will be to the American fans. And, and, and not only that, but the potential loss of earnings that the club could could have in such a, a, a crucial time in you know, the transfer window. Yeah, it's definitely disappointing. I mean, it, it's pretty rare that we get a chance to really go watch the team play. So to have one of those few times kind of removed is disappointing. And there's so many people that have you know already bought tickets, already booked hotels and travel, taken time off of work. And it's just disappointing all around. I mean, there, there's nothing you can really do if, if guys are testing positive. They're obviously not going to let them travel and come over here and participate. So it's understandable, but it's 
it's definitely disappointing. Uh, oddly enough, this morning, uh, my fiance was texting me saying, have you decided, are you going to Florida? And I said, I wasn't planning on it. And she said, you should just buy a ticket. Just go. You might as well. And I was kind of leaning that way. And I know Mike had extra tickets, so I could, you know, kind of jump in with him. And I was kind of on the fence. And then this afternoon I saw the news and was like, well, I guess that, that answers that question. <laughs> so disappointing overall, but you know, there's, there's nothing you can really do. Hopefully, you know, everybody quarantines or whatever's appropriate where they are now. And it's not going to impact, you know, the start of the Premier League season because, you know, we're only, what, about three weeks out, 22, 24 days, something like that. So it's right around the corner. So hopefully whatever they need to do, they do in the, you know, they start right now. Everybody's good to go for the season and, and we're set there. But definitely disappointing for everybody. I know Mike's not on today. I'm sure he's really disappointed. He had a, uh, oh, like he can't like stay away. Man. I said his he name just right up. I, I literally, I literally text him. You're fired. Go do something else. And here he is. So th th this is actually good because uh, Jared, I was going to pass this on to you, but Mike, I think that you might possibly have more of a vested interest in this American tour. Um, what is the sort of the party line that that Arsenal themselves are towing at the minute? What is the reason for it? Is it that is it that they, they were they were advised not to go because there was too many cases in Florida, or was it about that um, the the difficulty of getting the Arsenal squad through um, customs stuff like that? There, what 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 were the actual stumbling blocks that has caused this cancellation? The stumbling blocks are that they realized that I got media passes uh, credentials, and they're like, "No, we don't want any of this." No game. Um, <laughs> Jesus, I am staying away now, from so. Mike, not staying away from COVID. Is what he said. Good to see you, Danny uh, and and Jared. Um, not the show I wanted to do today at all, but uh, yeah, the from what I'm hearing, I don't know too much more than what's been publicized. I have been. Uh, having some offline conversations with both Tiffany from Arsenal America, who was in conversations with the club and also with, uh, with some of the journalists that the club uh, communicated this information to apparently before communicating it to their own people. Uh, there are people in Florida right now with Arsenal's advanced traveling committee who were not told as of about an hour ago that this, that the trip was off. Meanwhile, Chris Wheatley had told me that the, the club had confirmed that, uh, Ornstein knew about it. So uh, again, the messaging is a little bit skewed. Uh, you know, the press know oftentimes before people within Arsenal already did, but the, the, there's apparently been a few asymptomatic positive tests within the Arsenal camp. Uh, some of the youth players, some of the, uh, possibly some of the senior players who, you know, are, whether they've been vaccinated or not, I don't know, but they're, they've tested positive. I did not get the impression it was, fear of going to a cesspool of Orlando that's running amok with people who won't get vaccinated and, and, and are, you know, getting the Delta variant uh, because Inter came over today, despite the rumors that they weren't Arsenal as of this morning, we're still planning on coming over. So I think it has to do with just generalized. They've already got a problem and now they can't get all the, on all the plane together. Yeah. Uh, but Danny, you're somebody like myself who, indulges in quite a lot of joe rogan and this is i'll admit this straight off the bat that this is the extent of where my information comes from 
what Mike touched on there, the, the cesspool of COVID cases that is Florida, apparently, and the unvaccinated. But let's be very, very clear. It's my understanding that this has been the case since the beginning of the pandemic, that, that Florida have had, for lack of a better term, a sort of fuck it, let's just open up and take our chances sort of approach towards this pandemic. Is this poor management on the club side to even look at Florida as the destination that they were planning their tour for when there was so many obvious signs that this could potentially happen and let so many people down? Uh, we're in a group, some of us, um, ABW, with Chris Lodato. Um, he's, he's in, um, you probably know he's him. In he's in. Yeah, and he said, he said the whole time, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> they don't care. They're not quite, they're, they're, they're in Texas. They're, they've just gone full, no fucks given. And I watch a bloke on Twitch called um, Brian, who is, um, oh, can't remember his name, his, his channel's name. That's it. It was terrible. And he was, his mum lives in Florida and he lives in New York. And he was, he's been going down to Florida all year. And they're just going on there like normal, lovely weather, everyone walking around, singing, dancing, shooting each other, getting drunk, all that kind of stuff. No one's no one there is taking it any difference at all. But it's, you've got so many people that um, who do podcasts that I watch the um, the Eric Weinstein, Weinstein, whichever one isn't the nonce version of saying Weinstein or Weinstein. Weinstein. Ah, uh, yes. So it's Weinstein. He's brilliant. He, he does the Dark Horse podcast with his missus, and they've had people on talking about it. And you're thinking, well, I don't really know which, which way it, to to believe it. So I just to stay away from people. But to to have an international tournament. Um, we were a team from Italy, and then uh, a team from uh, who is the? Um, it's Everton, isn't it? And a team for is it Millionaires from Colombia? Mm-hmm. And you've got all these. I mean, Colombia aren't exactly don't have the money, do they? South American countries don't have the money to do all the protection and all the injections and all the the stuff that we've been doing. But luckily, luckily they're warm countries, and so COVID is a little bit better in warm countries, as we're finding out now. But when it comes to November, we're all fucked. But to go and do that, you're thinking, why that? Why don't you just stay in Scotland getting beaten by teams that would barely make it in League Two in this country? But but you think, is it strange for Arsenal to have bad management? Yeah. This, <laughs> like, this tour, like, and, and, and what I do know from behind the scenes is that this tour, I mean, this was not meant to happen this summer at all. We were, we were told earlier this summer that there was going to be no American tour and then all of a sudden there were then all of a sudden there were rumors that well the team might actually come to florida for a closed week of training in a bubble and it won't be and they won't be playing any games and then all of a sudden they dropped it on our laps like a month or so ago uh no actually it was june like first or second they dropped it on our laps that they were that they were coming uh arsenal america didn't even know which which usually they'll they're told in well in advance of these things so this, there's just been a strange feeling around this tour to begin with. It wasn't run the way that things are normally run. And I, and I get that because of COVID, but you just. But um, see, and, and, and sorry to neglect you, Hertz and Jared, yeah. that, that this is the last question I'll have on, 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 the, on the American tour. Um, but Mike, as you said there, this was relatively unorganized. Oh, Mike, you're gone. Come back, right, I'm, I'm relatively unorganized. <laughs> um, this was relatively unorganized in terms of how the club usually operate. Um, we obviously know the financial impact of the pandemic at home in the UK, the lack of people coming through the turnstiles, the lack of bombs on seats, you know, um, the redundancies at the club, 
you know, all these things adding up. What, does this reek to you of a club of the club making a desperate act to pull in uh, the necessary money that they need to from something like this? And do you think there could be potential negative ramifications financially in terms of like business we do this summer with this tour being cancelled? Yeah. Oh, yes, I thought you were asking. I thought you were asking Mikey. <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't read into it that deep. Um, it it just I, I, it's going to be another interruption and and bump in the road of of preseason planning. I don't think this is going to be unique to Arsenal though. Um, as with the beginning of COVID, I think Arsenal may be one of the first teams affected by it, but by no means the last. I think I think I think we're probably headed towards. Just as things are opening up and you're hearing that there's going to be 60,000 people at the Emirates, I think we're now back to where we kind of were in early March of 2019. Uh, I'm sorry, of 2020, where it's like you feel the crest of things getting ready to fall apart is getting ready to fall apart again. And, and you know, not going to get political on whether that should or shouldn't be happening or why. You know, I, I don't want to get into those conversations, but it's a sinking mm-hmm. feeling and it's a very familiar one. But I, you know, yeah. whether it affects transfer, I don't think it affects transfer market on an Arsenal specific basis. I think it's going to have the same impact on a Europe wide basis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely, yeah. but look again, commiserations to all all our American fans, all our American friends over there that are we're looking forward to that. I'm sure there's a lot of gutted people who are out of pocket and stuff like that. And I'm sure, well, Mike, you, you can reflect say, on. Let me, yeah, let me say one thing about that because you know. COVID is nothing to be messed with. But if you were if you were personally planning on going to Orlando in the next four days and you had taken into consideration everything going on with COVID and you were still gonna go, and you've paid for your hotel room or you've you know you've paid for plane tickets, whatever the case may be, the game tickets will work themselves out, I'm pretty sure. If you're still doing that, and the only reason you're not gonna come now is because the team is not there, I strongly urge you to reconsider that. Because, again, if you're not coming because of fears of COVID, that's fine. But those fears of COVID haven't changed in the last hour and a half. Um, these get-togethers, when, when Arsenal people converge in a city, be it New Orleans for Gunnar Gras or Texas for, uh, for the Gunnar Roundup or, you know, when Arsenal do come for a summer tour, these are some of the most fun times that you could have surrounding the team so look but you wouldn't have remembered the game anyway would you see so that make any difference to you I, drunk. I was going to be in the press box so you know even i don't get drunk in the press box um <laughs> I, start, I start towards the end of the game so that i can get a good start but no i i uh, the games are honestly some of the least i mean it, it's easy for me to say this because i have i do see the team a lot over in england so if you haven't seen the team in person I, believe me i get it that's the that's the attraction but it's not the only attraction. It still has a chance to be a lot of fun. I know a lot of people who are going anyway, and you know it sucks for Gunners versus Cancer because we were counting on having a bunch of big events. They might be small events now, but uh, you know, again, come down, get hugged by a vaccinated, big fat bald Jewish guy, and um, you know, and, and enjoy yourself anyway. But I certainly understand people pulling out. Um, you know, I just wish Mike's parents had. <laughs> yes, he's back. That's more like yeah. on the um, on that well, note, Mike. I will I will say though, like when when they came and toured in in Los Angeles and Denver. When I went to these games, this was like one of my first times meeting up with a bunch of fellow Gooners, right? And so, similar to what Mike just said, when I was going to these games, my head was like 
oh shit, I'm going to watch Arsenal. I'm going to watch Arsenal. That was my focus. I really, I, when I'm going into these different cities and I'm like, I'm just there to watch Arsenal. And so I'm in contact with Mikey and Mikey's like, we're doing this over here. We're doing this over there. So to speak on Mike's point, there's so much more than just a game. Like I fully understand how excited you could be to watch the game because I, I'm in that shoes where I have never been able to go to England. And I was just thrilled to see the game, the, the team perform two times live, even though, you know, we, we got, we got to see uh, Martinelli's debut score a goal it was, you know, fantastic in Denver. So, so small things like that, but there's so much more that Arsenal America does. And the Gunnar family does when they reunite, it's an absolute blast. So to Mikey's point, do not dismiss that. If you're already planning on going to Orlando, you could go to Orlando and have a absolute blast. Backtracking just slightly a little, when one of the things that Mike brought up, and it was kind of you know kind of weird the timing of the club that we didn't really know that they were going to come to America, and I just started thinking about you know the clubs at a point not Arsenal specific, a lot of clubs, they're they're charging for preseason games, right? They're they're trying to scramble for for extra cash where they can, and maybe. Because Florida, as we all spoke, is so absolutely wide open, it might have been financially beneficial to them to be like, hey, we, we got a piece of land over here that nobody gives two shits about. Just I go. Think that you had a lot to do with it. I mean, yeah, I think have there as opposed to in. Uh, exactly. But well, that's, yeah. you know, instead of staying in, in Scotland where, you know, they get beat up by Hibs or, you know, so, and, the, you know, that's, I think that played a massive part to like last minute kind of planning where they might have not been you know preparing for this but then that door opened that big big red florida door opened up and said hey we're open for business whatever you want man we got a full stadium so i'm sure that must have been appealing to to some extent right for for not only them but for the other clubs involved yeah and 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 fergus believe me i know i know your history with with covid and and you know mine and I see the, you know, I, I know that there's that that's a piss taken a bit because of your uh, the the incredibly uh, helpful emojis that you put after that. But I just want to make it clear. I'm just saying that if you were already coming when Arsenal was coming, then the risk to you going there is no higher or lower because Arsenal pulled out. Um, so so many innuendos within that statement. Sorry, well, I had to get that um, yeah. Just because Arsenal are using the rhythm method doesn't mean. <laughs> <laughs> that you shouldn't still go. Um, so yeah, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take responsibility for people getting COVID. Uh, but uh, you know, if you're gonna come anyway, then then there should still be fun times to to have. And just stay stay tuned to, to our our podcast uh, Twitter, also Arsenal America, um, Arsenal America Facebook page. If you had plans to go, um, more than likely there'll still be some stuff going on, but there'll be more announcements about how official it will be. So mm -hmm. we're going to put a pin in this. Yeah. Um, cheers, Pat. I am posh. Pat, it's the now. smallest pool table in Ireland. It's Island. not a small. It's it's a seven by four pool table. That's like full it's size. It's actually just it's, really close to the camera. It's like his daughter's pool table. It's a little one. No, you stupid Americans can't play proper <laughs> games. And you have pool tables that are massive with bricks as balls and driveways as pockets. You so unskilled. So unskilled. Anyway, we're going to move on to some fun stuff, but one last thing. I'm not even going to go into a conversation about it, just to think on behalf of all of us, as uh, the news broke today that Ivan Cazidez, um has uh, been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, whilst we all have our um, 
opinions of some of the decisions he made and, and, and the business that was done at the club at his time. He's still um, a husband, he's still a father, and he's still a friend to a lot of people. So um, all of us at the Gooners podcast, I'm sure you will agree, lads, uh, wish him a speedy recovery. Um, but lads, going on to uh, some more fun topics, moving away from the depressing stuff, Danny, fun topics, positive topics, pre-season has started. We have started with a loss to Hibbs and Burnian, <laughs> <laughs> and and our latest result uh, a draw with Rangers. Um, to each, are you somebody that looks into preseason and thinks that there need to be positive performances, or do you think that the fan base sometimes overanalyze everything and this is just the case of it being a fitness test? Are you accusing the Arsenal fan base of having to jump into conclusions? Your words, not mine, Daniel. Your words, not mine. Uh, well, until we start getting points for pre-season friendlies, I don't give a fuck what we do. I mean, the uh, Kinos that she wore did a really good blog. And then Femi from my pod, it's um, uh, just go and look at Femi from ABW. And he did a, he did a list of all the pre-season games before the 2003-04 season. We, we were shit. We, we think we drew with Peter Brown, lost to Barnet or the other way around. And then we went and played a load of nobody teams and was awful. Only bought one player, Jens Lehmann. And then look at the season we went to go and have. And so pre-season friendlies mean nothing. All you want is a little bit. It's like warm-ups. They don't matter at all. Even if you, there's a trophy in it, where Arsenal have got a history of inventing our own trophy and still not being able to win it, the Emirates Trophy, or back in the day, the Makita Trophy. Wow, Makita Tools, they were the days. But no, don't worry about it. I don't care. It's just to go out there. But the lack of um, fitness from some of the players, Bellerin, I thought was shocking. Uh, Willian, I think, is about seven months pregnant, or it may just be a Photoshop, or it could be a... He, he like, uh, didn't have a shirt in his size, so he's wearing a, a child's shirt. Um, <laughs> some of the defending has been terrible. Arthur on Conquo has been not that good after being so good for the under-21s and the under-18s and under-23s as well. Various stuff. I think in Europe, it's the under-21s when he was playing for them there. And so... Uh, Obama Young has been absolutely awful. The only one for me that has been a shining light has been Lacazette. He has been on it the entire time that he's played. And Eddie, in the first game, he should have scored three goals in the first 10 minutes and he was awful. But it's pre-season. means absolutely nothing. They're not even making money out of it. It's about getting fit and that's the only thing I care about. Well, they are. Technically, they are making money because those bastards, Jared. Oh, have yeah. been char- have been charging us seven ninety nine a fucking game. Um, <laughs> besides the fact that we have to pay for the games, I, I sometimes I, I agree with Danny mostly to a certain extent, but at the same time I look and I say that Mikel Arteta isn't sending them out with the the attitude of just go out and run around, lads, get your fitness up, and let's see what happens. He's quite a competitive person. He's a manager that some would say is under heavy pressure already at the beginning of this season. Uh, have you seen any improvements? Is there anything to be excited about? Or, or uh, in fact, is there is there things to be worried about from what you're seeing in terms of performances and selections? I don't really get worried about the preseason games, and I don't take much from them anyway. I, I'm kind of with Danny. I think it's more about fitness. And when you watched our first game, I think that starting 11 – sends maybe Obama Yang. There's not a single guy who's going to be in a starting 11 match week one. So I look at it as just kind of a warm up. Some of the, uh, you know, the first team starting players came on in the second half, but it's, it's more about getting fit. I, I was happy here. I have ESPN plus. So I got the game on that. I didn't have to pay an extra eight, 10 bucks, whatever it is to get it. 
But as, as far as it being competitive and do I think it has an impact? Not really. I mean, I think both games we've come out and played in a 4-4-2. And I don't think we're likely to see that a single time this upcoming season. So I'm with Danny. My, my only things I want to see are guys getting in shape and no one getting hurt. Other than that, I don't really care at all about the preseason games. That's pretty much where I, I end on it. Jared, I'm clipping that part that part where you said the only thing I want to see is guys getting in shape. And I'm just going to put that over and over and over again. <laughs> Excellent. That's great. That's what I need. You know, I'll come, on, come on this show and you, and, and you end up losing your job. <laughs> Hurts. <laughs> we touched on there some of the sort of uh, the bright lights and, and lack thereof within the squad at the minute, but I would argue that somebody who's sitting over uh, Jared's shoulder there, Nicola Pepe, who I think had quite a good end of the season last season, and I think he's been quite bright in, in the small samples that we've seen from him in preseason. When we look around the squad, we hear names like Bakayo Saka, like uh, Emil Smith-Rowe, Gabriel Martinelli, these players that people get excited about, Kieran Tierney. But what I would say is that even through all the criticism that we have for Nicola Pepe and that price tag that surrounded him, statistically, he is outperforming people who are getting a lot more praise than, than he's gotten. Is he somebody that we're potentially overlooking in this up-and-coming season as a major player in terms of whether we have a successful campaign or not? I think he had two two things that are going against him right out the gate when he arrived was the price tag and the whole like his his demeanor where he kind of you know sometimes could be <laughs> he he gets he can lose the ball a lot and as Danny makes sweet sweet love to his cat right now um, you know he, he loses loses the ball. There are people that are just listening to this and, and not watching it, but just... even even better, let their imagination run there. So. But to, to your point, you know, despite the price tag, despite, you know, the, the at times a bit of a lazadaisical way of, of being, I know what happened in Leeds infuriated a lot of people where he kind of lost his coal and headbutted the dude. But I think statistically, you know, when I, even and I'll, I'll be honest, even I felt victim to that because I was kind of like, Pepe just is not doing it for me. And I just don't understand how we could invest this much money into them. And then somebody points out like, you know, the goal, the, the goal and, and assist. And I'm like, Holy crap. That's, that's way more than, than I would, you know, it seems to me. And, and to, to take that into consideration that he's not even a, a full fledged starter. He comes in a lot of times last couple of minutes or he comes out early a lot. So it's pretty impressive. If, if, if you look at it that way, the little minutes that he has and the assists and the goals that he's put in, but I will say, the amount of highlights and very, very little parts of the games that I've actually I've been able to watch, Smith, Rowe, and Pepe both look like they're ready for this season. They they look maybe two, three weeks ahead when regards to fitness. I don't know how they got there, but they look absolutely ready to start the season. And just it be quite frankly just amazing if we could just hit the floor running this season instead of just having that really slow build up and just a shit show for the first couple of weeks that we were normally used to in the league. So I'm definitely looking forward for, for Pepe Smith role to, to hit the road running and hopefully Aubameyang to, to remember how to score a goal that that's going to be a real big plus if you could figure that one out. Yeah. Well, I suppose I remember, um, and, the. Uh, in Arteta's first six months, his half campaign that he shared with Unai Emery, I remember people 
made the statement quite often that where would we be without Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's goals? We would be relegated, and and uh, and I think that was the case last season. We saw exactly where we would be without Pierre Emerick Aubameyang's goals. Uh, but uh, fine, bug. Um, as somebody who I'm trying to put this in the most polite way possible, as somebody who is quite cuddly, uh, and I would imagine has had his fair share of excuses for. I'm wearing 51 weighted vests right now. So th- this is exactly the path that I was trying to push you down. Okay, so, so thank you for taking a dive down it. William is fat. Um, <laughs> there, there's some excuses coming out. Weighted vests, sweatsuits, everything. As they're somebody, not excuses. There, there's as somebody, photo evidence in it. Look, you're not going to get me to back William as a as as a constructive member of this team, but much ado about nothing when it comes to him being fat and 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 coming back from a three week break that overweight and pregnant. I mean, man, look. Me and you have that in common, okay? I'm not Mo Farah. Uh, you know, I'm not a... a, a, a you know, you misrepresented so. yourself when we hired you onto this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you explicitly told me you were Mo Farah. Man, I'm just going to come out and say, the dude had a belly. That There's no way that was a sweatsuit. No way whatsoever. It was a sweatsuit. It was, you, you can see in certain pictures. Did, I mean, that and did you see him in the next game against Rangers? I mean, he, he didn't get liposuction in between those two games. I mean, maybe he did, but... Arteta runs a tight shift. Bro, Danny, weigh in on this because, like you, you can weigh. Like us, you can weigh in on this as well. I'd like for you to hold your notes up right now that say, ask fat people about William. <laughs> See, I've got, I've got. A, a, if you hear any loud bangs, I've got a big, a massive, big fly thing, the blue thing, like in a shop. So if it, my, that's why Dora's jumped on my desk. She shit her pants. Um, I've got a way to cure all, all ills in the world. I give everybody watching the permission to take the Mickey out of fat people. So when you do, and they say you can't say that, you say, "Well, Danny said you could." And people in chairs, if you want, and bald people, and beardy people, and people with little wrinkles. Uh, you can do all of them, and then you can send them to me. Uh, can they do Jews, Mike? You know, go to you. No, you, you got to listen to what uh, I. You, you got to let me do that. Uh, but um, I mean, the fat, the fat thing. Look, I mean, <laughs> no one's going to tell me I'm fat and surprise me by that. So I mean, and it's not anyone's fault but mine. So I mean, <laughs> uh, I was well, I was really in shape until I met my missus, and then shit just got out of hand after that. So somebody is potentially to blame for that. That's but, what I had for dinner. <laughs> Two of those fuckers. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And I had, I had a, 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 um, a monster triple latte cold thing from the fridge. Mm, I'm gonna <laughs> die. <laughs> oh, my anyway, back to the series. You so, don't get well, down well, to this, Jared. You're too skinny. Yeah. No, are you? I, time. I feel like I'm a little out of shape, but I'm like five nine, one seventy. So I think I should sit this one out. Yeah, I haven't seen hurts from the nipples down. Um, in the wrong so, WhatsApp group, then I haven't either. But the reason I haven't seen him from the nipples down is because starting with his nipples, he just has nipples all the way down to the ground. It's just it's the weirdest. <laughs> he's, thing. he's like a pregnant dog. Just shit like, <laughs> 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 
Blacking around in the wind, leaking. I knew, I, knew I should come into this. I, 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 I set up the pod that I canceled on it when I got the news because I was just I was just in a shit mood. I knew this would be a reasonable therapy for me. You guys never disappoint. We must have a strange audience because we lost five years since I said that Hertz looks like a pregnant dog. <laughs> I, I didn't mean to offend Some people. Any just don't like people just can't uh, handle the truth. That's all there is to it. Let's rein this back in. Jared, sensible talk. Sambi Laconga has been unveiled by Arsenal. Finally, what look, it seemed like a really, it's really straightforward look, man. Jesus, that's not Sambi Laconga. Uh, no, but it's not a fat guy either. Mm. You guys are gonna make me end up turning into a Willian defender. I can't stand that the guy plays for Arsenal, but I can't <laughs> Willian. I don't, like, I don't like these I don't like these narratives. <laughs> you know, I don't like any kind of narratives or conspiracy theories. I never, I never. Oh, you hate them, yeah, hundred percent. Anyway, Jared Lakanga um, unveiled by Arsenal did his first interview. Okay, and and during that interview, he mentioned the fact that uh, he was asked the question of what can people expect of you, what position do you see yourself playing, and he said I can play either an eight or a six, but but most people would say that I'm best at the six. Does that convince you that maybe Sambi Lakonga could potentially play a bigger role than we expect of somebody of the age profile and experience level of him, saying that we're going for a potential six and being linked with other eights? I guess it depends on what your expectation is going in. I think we're going to sign another midfielder, whether it be you know a Locatelli or a Ruben Neves, somebody like that. So I don't think he's going to be you know a starting eleven player, but I do think he's going to play some this year. I expect to see him in. I don't know. I would guess if you count the cup games, maybe 10 to 15 games, we'll see him get some action. You know, of course, injuries can always impact that. But I, I think he'll play a small role. But like I said, I expect us to get another defensive or central midfield player. So I, I don't think he's going to be a starter by any means. But I, I think he's a good signing. I like having him he, in the next couple of years. He could really develop when you look at, you know, his size, his athleticism. You know, if Thierry Henry signs off on it, Vincent Company sort of signs off on him being a good prospect and a good player. I- I'm happy with the signing. And like I said, I would guess 10 to 15 games we'll see him in. But that's, of course, counting cup games. I'm not sure we'll see him as much in the league unless, you know, injuries come up here and there. Yeah. Very unprofessional of me. Apologies, people. Daniel Robert has put into the chat. So apparently Arsenal are going to offer Reese. Now I'm going to fucking who's doing this. There's too many people controlling this one captain guys, one captain. There wasn't fucking three people sailing the Titanic. Um, okay. So apparently Arsenal are going to offer Reese Nelson or, or means lead the sweet in the deal for James Madison. That's, like somebody punching in the face and then spitting in your face after it being like that make you feel better. Why can't we just sweeten the like like just instead of giving them any money at all, we'll just give them Reese Nelson, Mainsley, Kalasinat, like Incadia. Well what now Willock would you know maybe be too much. We just literally get, get rid of eight players at one time, give them the poo-poo platter of crap, and uh and then take their best player from them. That that sounds reasonable to me. Sounds like what something Lester would do. Yeah, it, it's 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 funny. I I mentioned before that I think it's very, it's strange, and and this will transition nicely into the next uh, question. But it's strange that we say that fifty million for Ben White is, is the going rate, and that's fine. But when we talk about sixty or seventy million for a player like James Madison, it's it's an extremely inflated fee, which I can't really wrap my head around. But Danny, I've mentioned in the past that I look back at some of the the great defences in the Premier League. And and for me, 
it, it may sound stupid uh, when it's, it's really down to ability, but culturally, I think there's something to having an English centre half in the Premier League. You know, you look at um, Man United's uh, brilliant defence of uh, Ferdinand, John Terry at Chelsea, Jamie Carragher at Liverpool. And, and now with the potential move for Ben White looking just sort of more of a, a when and not an if anymore, do, does that fee for you seem sort of over the top? And do you think that he could potentially end up proving to be worth that that, that sort of money? Well, we're seeing the way football's going at the moment. It, most clubs all over the world have got no money apart from Premier League clubs. And players are going for, like at the moment... Uh, um, who was it? There's, um, I think there's a young man at uh, Barcelona that we're looking at. I, I think he's a right back. Is it Dest? Yes, and then there's a few other players. Look what they're doing with um, Griezmann. 120 million they paid him. Now they're swapping him with a young bloke who's at Atleti, who's uh, just coming up because they can't. If apparently I read 800 grand a week, he can't be on 800 grand a week. But the, the, all these clubs are absolutely skin. Inter Milan want Bellerin, and they're saying, "Oh, we loan him," and we're not possible option to buy. Um, Guendouzi and Mavropanos and all these lot have got options to buy. I think Mavropanos is with Stuttgart. Is uh, is it Stuttgart? He's at? I think it is. Or was that? Um, yeah. 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 It's a, it's, it's yeah, an option. It's an obligation to buy if they avoid relegations. So you've got all these clauses going. And no one's got any money. So for us to go and spend fifty million pounds on a player who's had one season in the Premier League, and if you go and have a look at transfer market, it says he's played most of his games at centre-back in a three, a few games at centre-back, I think a couple of games on either side of the defence is left-back, right-back. So why do we need that player? I don't, I've got nothing against him. He's got nice hair. He's a good-looking bloke. It might get a few more people interested in him because he's uh, most of our most of our centre-backs look like they've been slammed in the head with a baseball bat for the last half do, hour. Do, do, do you think, Danny, that potentially the most common reason that people are sort of conflicted with the potential signing of Ben White is just the fact that that ever presence, uh, the, the ever divisive William Saliba. Uh, Saliba's only 20. You, all he can do at 20 is learn. And going to play Marseille, we've got some decent players and they are going to be top three next season in Lingard. In case Chris watches this, which he won't. But I don't, it's a little bit like ordering your pudding before you've had your main meal. Fine, go and get the go and get the the, the cover from right back that we need. <laughs> you, you, had box, you had a box. You had a box of What you for dinner? dinner? Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but yeah, but you, you don't go and order your pudding before you've eaten your main meal, do you? So we're going to go and spunk a load of money on a centre back that we don't need. That is number five in our list of stuff we need. We need a right back. We need a, a defensive midfielder to work along with Parto. We need an attacking midfielder who's going to score goals. And, and the, maybe a backup goalkeeper, but it looks like um, from the quotes from Arteta that it's going to be um, Arthur and uh, I think there's one other at the club who's, who's going to get the job as, um, as, ba as backup goalkeeper. So we've got all these things ahead of him, then get it. I've got nothing against Ben White. I'm sure he's a magnificent player, but you don't go and spunk all that money until you've, you've had the rest of your meal. Because knowing Arsenal, sorry about the bangs, knowing Arsenal's luck, we've gone and spent 50 million on pudding, and then we're going to go and get a wallet out to go and order dinner and go, I'll only have chips, please. That's all I've got money for. And then we'll be going all season. <laughs> we've got four decent centre-backs. What are you doing? That's do you want to know what a feel, do you want do you want to know what I feel like? You know, like remember Bono clicking his fingers, and every time I click my fingers, an African child dies. It's dies. like every, every time we hear a bang, there's a fucking grieving fly family somewhere. <laughs> there's a fucking yeah. genocide. <laughs> 
It's like fucking now, Billy. <laughs> there's loads of uh, hate them. It's mainly moths, and I like moths, but there's the odd housefly. But yeah. Uh, yeah, but if we sign him, he'd probably be a good signing. But you don't want to go and, and spend all your money early, and plus you don't want to go like with Pepe. I swear, Arsenal's idea with Pepe was to do a Dembele. Well, you go and buy a player for 30, 40 million and then you flog him on a year later once he scored 30 goals in a season to Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, or Bayern don't pay big, do they? And that's what I think they were doing because we spent 72 million in, in this current win that that window. What could you have bought for 72 million? You could have got three decent players. Now you look at 50 million. We've picked up a right back from Portugal, a central midfielder from Belgium for a combined 26 million pounds. So that's two decent players. So uh, if you today, uh, yesterday, Chelsea sold one of their centre backs, an English bloke, I think he's English Ivorian, and they sold him for 23 million quid to Crystal Palace. That's the kind of money you pay if he you don't want to go out. And he, hasn't even made a, he hasn't yeah. even made a senior appearance. Yeah. last season, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of money that you're going to have to pay if you want to bring in players that, are, that, are, that belong to Premiership teams. So I'm really happy with the two players we bought. Go out and buy some more. Because mm-hmm. at that, you can afford to make mistakes at 10, 15 million pound a player. Mm-hmm. But at 50 million, he's got to come in and perform straight away. Plus, what happened? He's not going to go to three at the back. I mean, it'd be lovely if you had three at the back with, with Chambers, Holding, Mari, and him, a combination of those three at the back. He's not going to play three at the back. So we've got four top quality centre backs, even if Chambers does move to right back occasionally, if that's the plan. But we've got four top quality centre backs, and we've, we've only got one top quality competition to be playing in. Good luck with that. Yeah, see, it's funny because obviously you mentioned there about moving to a three at the back. I don't see him moving to a three at the back. I think that if he was moving to a three at the back, you would have potentially seen William Saliba stay. But Hertz, it, it, it was it was actually funny. It, it was I was always sort of quite against the idea of of. William Saliba going on loan, let alone going to France on loan. Uh, I maybe would have had more understanding of that if he had went to a domestic club somewhere further down the table or uh, towards the top of the championship to gain experience in England playing English football. But I was listening to Harry Simu earlier and he had pulled up uh, um, uh, quotes from an interview from the Marseille manager who had mentioned it was from the Marseille manager and William Saliba upon his arrival at Marseille. And and both the manager and Saliba were very clear that he isn't going in there to be a nailed-on starter. In fact, he may not even get a massive amount of games there. They may not rely heavily upon him. And, and, and the manager was quoted in saying that he's a very talented footballer, but he's still got a lot to learn and a long way to go before becoming the sort of finished product. If we are listening to not only Mikel Arteta now saying it, but another top-level manager coming out and saying that William Saliba is not ready, should we maybe just take that as gospel now instead of just turning around and thinking that we instantly know everything about about a player that we have seen very little of and that this maybe could be the right move for him in the long term rather than just sort of giving him the baptism of fire that many fans want? Uh, yeah, I totally go along with that. So the, you guys know I like Arteta, but like Bielsa is another favorite. And the, and the Marseille coach that you're referring to is Sampaolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant manager, uh, very highly regarded in Americas. And so it, it's it's kind of a good thing that other people get to hear this because I know that there's some some fans that are kind of like pro or you know con like against Arteta and they just assume like if Arteta wants this guy out, 
he must not rate him because he's French. He's might not rate him because he's too young. And there's, there's things to counter that. It's not that simple in my opinion. So the fact that now you have more people coming out saying, Hey, listen, you know, again, another well-known manager saying you're still, it's raw material there. You have all the talent in the world, but there's a lot of mistakes that you still not need to like, just get over. There's a lot of things. So, so what, what San Paolo did essentially was a really good thing in the sense that he managed Saliba's expectations. So his expectation is no longer I'm the big fish in a small pond. Your expectations is you're coming in here, you're going to learn. You're not yet the finished article. So the only thing I'm I'm worried about, so to say, is and I have zero clue. I'm not an ITK. I always like to, you know, put that out there, is I don't know how much communication there is between the club and Saliba. I want to I want to hope that the club is essentially Edu and Ateta spoke to Saliba. And said, listen, you're here in your development. We want you at the club long term. I don't know if he was offered a contract extension. I, I think after this this season on loan, it's gonna he's gonna come back. He's gonna have two years left. So, you know, two years left, then you start it's it's a little shaky territory, right? But the fact that I, I really don't care. I, I know some somebody. Uh, I cannot remember who I, I would like to you know quote him, but like they refer to Saliba as potentially soft for taking the road back in France. And I think that was a little bit harsh personally, you know, he's, he's a still young B um, you know, French and he's going to a really good team with a really good manager. So it's not like he, he's going to a club with like the expectations are like, Hey man, don't get relegated. He's going Mm -hmm. to a club where they're going to actually demand something from him. So I'm hoping long-term he sticks around. I kind of have this crazy notion that potentially Saliba is going to be our holding replacement in a year or so. So that mm-hmm. that's kind of my, my long-term plan. Many people think that we're not going to see Saliba anymore, but either way, as things stand, whether he's planning on sticking around at the club or he's planning on pushing to leave the club because of how he's been treated. And I'm going to say air, air quotes, because I don't really fall in line with that whole, he's been treated badly thing. I'm not quite in line there, but either way, it's a good move to protect the value of an asset. I mean, he's going to mm-hmm. continue to develop, He's going to continue to showcase. I mean, we saw what happened with Joe Willock. That you know that loan deal worked out great. Uh, it would have happened with Nelson had he kind of agreed to leave on loan himself. So, we're I like to believe that we're we're in a I'm going to say a different era. God, I'm going to say it just to just to poke poke a little bit. We're in a different process. We're going to trust the process. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I had to, Jared. I had to. <laughs> um, where no, what? In all seriousness, we're starting to make smart moves you know we, we often always say hey look at what chelsea does what well, chelsea loans their players a lot they don't let them just sit and not do anything look at like look at liverpool well liverpool buys young players and so we're, we're in my opinion that this specific transfer window you're seeing a massive change in how the club is approaching transfers not only not not only thank you mikey not only you know standing up to Roma, right? Where we're like, hey, hey, we know you want them, but listen, we're, we're holding on to this price. So they're holding up for bigger transfer fees. They're holding up on, you know, they're they're loaning valuable assets so they don't lose their apparently, value. Apparently that, that, that stance, that hard stance um, on, on Granit Xhaka and, and sticking to their, their, their originally set price tag may soften now with the arrival of Sambi Lukonga, apparently. Um, Fine bug. The um, 
Mike touched why up. you started calling me that, but I guess considering what I call you most of the time, yeah, I can take it. I've got worse things I can call you if you'd rather be yeah, calling yeah. that, but it could get me cancelled on this. So I'll, I'll this is stick to oh, this stick is to a really. Out. I'm sorry, this is a really good point from Lou that I heard on I believe his Ars blog today that Saliba, as of next year, is going to be considered homegrown as well. So that that's a that really excellent when you spent less than ten minutes in the country. What, what have yeah. I told you hurts about mentioning an Irish blog? There's only room Absolutely. on this platform for one Irish podcaster, and unfortunately, he's just getting a bit, little bit long in the tooth I, now. It's times he's done his time. It's time for him to hang up the boots and okay. and make way for somebody else to step in. So joining I, us now in the green room is Andrew. Oh Mike. shit! Yeah, yeah. he's Art. so intimidating too. His voice is so good. Mike, Mike shit compared Owen to that. and I are actually contractually obligated. And we're running out of time, so the gunner talk, the gunner talk, the gunner talk. Okay, go. Thank I got you. my three Can. in. Owen, you're, you're next. All right. Find him at Tom Cannon Media. Um. Anyway, yes, lads. Uh, Mike Feinberg. Uh, the uh. Hertz mentioned there about uh, about the the way that loans are handled, and I think that somebody actually mentioned in, in the chat about uh, William Saliba being loaned to a club where he could potentially not get a lot of game time, and the lack of due due diligence that that Mikel Arteta and I do have done on this. Something that concerns me is that um, when we look back to Ainsley Maitland Niles, is the when he went to the media. He made it quite clear that the communication between the club and him whilst on loan was basically non-existent. Um, I've also heard as well how true this is, it's only speculation, that Joe Willock had faced the same thing and Eddie and Caddy have faced a similar thing as well whilst on loan. Do, do, do these sort of, the information that we are being relayed back about the lack of communication with loan players, does that concern you? Because you look at clubs like Chelsea, who have a lot of players loaned out apparently have a WhatsApp group where they're constantly in communication with the club and things are communicated back and forth. Is there is, is there signs of mismanagement from an inexperienced team at Arsenal with Mikel Arteta and Edu? Well, I think the mismanagement goes back further than that. And I think it's a it's a lack of continuity of of the management of the players from from youth to senior, you know, to, to regular senior eleven. It does certainly come across as though we use the loan system as a way of alleviating the wage bill of just getting players out of the dressing room, as we did with Mustafi and and uh, well Kalasinak and and you know and paying off people to leave early and loaning Ozil or whatever it is that we had to do to get out of his contract, um, and not as a genuinely well-intentioned idea to try to grow our youth team and groom players for first team exp uh, experience. I mean, the, the, the players that have come through to the first team, Saka, ESR, I know had a loan spell with what Huddersfield. Um, but you know, the, the vast majority of the ones that have broken through Alex Awobi, when he came through, have come directly from the U 23s, the players that have been loaned ever since, you know, a guy who's now podcasting for a living, Jack Wilshire, uh, who's going to be on on with the Highbury squad tomorrow? Go make sure to watch that. But ever since his Bolton loans, uh, I just can't think of a guy who's really just come back and been better off for it. Uh, you know, and and so I don't know what kind of communication is going on. They just they send them out to get experience, and it's almost like they forget about them until they come back. Obviously, there's got to be some way of 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 gauging their growth and and keeping tabs on them, and frankly, keeping them arsenal at heart because when we play, send players on loan for the most part 
they seem to just disconnect from us and and take a liking to their new teams and forget that they're actually still Arsenal players. It's it's, it's bizarre. Yeah, it's it, it's a strange one, and I think I think that it's something that the club need to be more decisive on a lot sooner. You know, I look at players in our squad at the minute. Uh, Balogun, Aziz, I think these are players that could definitely 100% benefit from a loan. Um, and although the financial landscape of football at the minute is quite hard to navigate, we're seeing players like potentially Hector Barron maybe going out with loans with options to buy and stuff. And I think that they're implementing the loan system in the wrong places at the wrong times. Uh, for me, um, that, that that's just my opinion on it. Um, Jared, moving on to somebody that is uh, potentially coming towards the end of his time at the club, a divisive character in Granite Xhaka, um, that uh, moved to Roma to join up with Jose Mourinho over there, seems to be edging ever closer, and reports coming out now that a deal is sort of imminent. Um, What do you make of of Granite Xhaka um, as a player? What do you think? How do you think he will be remembered as a character? throughout his Arsenal career and, and do you think that that could be a beneficial move to him and Arsenal in the long term as well? You know, I think he'll be remembered as sort of one that splits opinion. He's he's a talented player. I, I think the incident with the, the armband and throwing it down and the, you know, telling the crowd to fuck off and all of that, a lot of people, no matter what he did the rest of his career, would always hold that as their kind of the first thing they think of when he gets brought up, regardless of what he did. If we went on and won won the Premier League with him in the squad, no one would care. That would still be his thing. As far as him moving on, you saw him play well in the Euros. And I think moving to Roma, it's it's going to suit him a little better. And I think he'll do really well there. I expect him to be one of the better players on that team and, and be kind of a focal point of what they do. Uh, that said, I think it is time for him to move on from Arsenal for a number of reasons. So it, it'll be a good move for everyone involved, assuming we get a reasonable fee for him. I, I'm not into you know letting him walk away for nothing the same way I would be you know a Kalazanac who I just want to see him out the door. Jacques is you know still in his prime, coming off of a great Euros where he captains his national side, and you know he should carry a fee of twenty million or more. That's not near out of the realm of of where he should be considering. You know, we just paid in that same region for Sambi Lakanga, who's, you know, an up and coming 21 year old. So I think it's good for all parties that he is going to move on. But I think we will miss or the the team will miss kind of the leadership he provides, because whether we like him or not, when they were out on the pitch, I don't care who had the armband on. He was the guy that everybody looked to for that leadership role, way more so than Obama Yang or anyone else who would have it regardless of whether he had the band or not, he was the focal point and the leader of the team assisted a little bit by David Louise this past year. But both of those guys gone, I think that leaves a big void for us that we need to fill with someone that's not under 23 years old. But I think once he's out the door, the team's going to do that. Maybe a Ruben Neves, somebody like that, but we'll see, but good move for all parties involved. I think it's kind of reached its ending point, a good time to move on and get our next player in. Who's going to, you know, kind of hold down that position for the foreseeable future. Hopefully. Yeah, uh, and the sort of second thing is, I think, um, as we've seen <clears throat> many times with, with Granit Xhaka uh, over the course of his national career for Switzerland, he, he often shines in that stage, and I actually think that he'll be he'll flourish in Italy because the game's a bit slower, um, not as high tempo as the Premier League, and he'll have much more time in the ball, uh, much like uh, national football, and I think, that, uh, I think that he'll actually do quite well over there. But Danny... 
divisive is a word that, that we always throw up when we talk about granite jacket you know say what you want about like the the arguing with the fans the red cards or this the that but when you look back at some of the the very very good sides of of teams in the past you know you look at players like Diego Costa um like uh, Didier Drogba we had players of our own like Patrick Vieira do you think that in a way the fact that Arsenal had this soft underbelly for so long and that somebody like Granit Xhaka who came in with a bit of fire in their belly and we've seen very much like the situation with Matteo Guendouzi do you think that Granit Xhaka has possibly fallen victim to a soft culture at Arsenal and that potentially stained his reputation with the fans well, you're right. For years, we were moaning that we didn't have anyone after Vieira and then Gilberto, and then we had absolutely nothing. I mean, Cesc would go and get stuck in. Jack would go and get stuck in, but they're not two players that you want to do that. You want them to, they're the creative ones. They're the, the flair ones that are going to do stuff and wind people up. You need an enforcer to come in there. And Xhaka was that, the, the xhaka Kalasnich combination. You don't want those two fuckers coming up to you <laughs> at a corner if anything kicks off. I love the pair of them, but didn't work out for Kalasnich because left wing back very rarely did we do that and you look at Jack when he's playing for Bush and Munch and Gladbach he was one of the youngest ever captains magnificent player you wouldn't fuck with him and then you see what he did in the Euros with Switzerland brilliant there as well and you mm-hmm. just got to think well he's one of the he, I think he's come to the realization ages ago that most of the Arsenal keyboard warrior fans are all our souls and fuck them yeah and but he's a that, dick too though he's a dick that's what you I'm want not- Tony Adams used to crash his cars into people's gardens. Mike's just yeah, mad at the look he gave him at the press conference, and he won't let it go. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, Paul Davis would elbow you in the face and break your jaw. All these players that are going to—it's this—it's this crap that I just that that I can't stand though, because it usually comes after a very brief resurgence. Oh, he has, he has following a stupid thing a that he's done. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has been awful a lot, but I, th- I think that was part I, that, of the. Not, you I can't tell him what to play. do because he's going to get the hump. I, I, but you, I, I, yeah, but I, I, Mike, you hit you hit the nail on the head, and that has always been my issue with Granachaka is that that he flourishes when he's sort of coming from the dumps and rising up to try and regain some form of reputation with the Arsenal fan base. But the the downside to that is that there has to be um, a, a a sort of an a incident to, to, to be yeah, climbing. Yeah, out. exactly. Yeah, exactly. And he makes it for himself, and that's the downside to it. But Jared, I think potentially the club are putting themselves in a bit of a valley at the minute because our goalkeeping situation going in towards what is now the last sort of month before the season starts, um, the goalkeeping situation is one that is really, really worrying me. You know, we, we we seen Matt Ryan here last season who I thought sort of held himself in a very, very good stead Um seem to be well liked around the club I think his performances were very good and I actually think that contrary to popular belief that he wasn't too far if not on the, on a level playing field in terms of quality uh, as Leno um, but now we're seeing names being thrown about like Aaron Ramsdale uh, and Johnston from West Brom uh, and, and these are the names that are being bumped about it really seems like homegrown seems to be one of the main sticking points around the potential income of goalkeeper. Do you think that's the right avenue to take, or do you think that a more financially viable option, like, for example, Onana, do you think that that would be a better avenue to take? I mean, I, I guess it depends on if we're looking for a backup or a new number one. I think if Onana comes in, you're bringing him in with the eyes on him taking Leno's place, whether it be right away or you know down the line, at least maybe next season. 
you know, he's not going to come here to be a backup. He's levels above that. He's played Champions League football and performed really well there. And, you know, if you're into the, the metrics and advanced metrics in terms of, you know, expected goals conceded and the goals he actually conceded, he, he's way up there on that list too, including Champions League competition. As far as the other two, I think the team definitely wants to go the homegrown route on a keeper. I'm kind of torn. I agree with you. Matty Ryan was a perfect fit. You know, he he came in very solid veteran player. He doesn't need time to acclimate to the team. You can plug him right in if you need him. But he also knows his role and wasn't going to be, you know, upset and causing issues if he's not the number one guy. He kind of knew the deal when he got here. Um, he's one I wish we, we could have kept, to be honest, because I like what he brought. Ramsdale, the price is a little high for, I think, where we want to be on a backup keeper. I think John Stone is, is much more likely. He's he's very okay, is what I would say about him. And I think he's 27, 28 years old. So you're not bringing in a young guy that's going to develop into you know a world-class keeper. You're bringing in a reliable, hopefully, number two. And, and that's fine. You know, we're not playing European football. We have a limited number of games. I don't think we're going to have any issues. You know, if holding gets hurt, you know, that's a whole different thing. But that's the reason we do need to spend a little bit in that position because, you know, right now, who else do we have? Okonkwo, Hein, neither one of those guys is, is anywhere near being the level of a number two keeper. I don't think at this point I look mm-hmm. at Okonkwo as a guy who's at least a year away from being a year away. So we need somebody to fill that gap. So somebody like John Stone, I think, kind of makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think kind of terms of anymore. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if history repeats itself? Like Leno gets injured during the FA Cup run, right? What kind of fucking fan are you? What fucking kind of fan? Conco comes in, sets the sets the FA Cup on fire, wins. We sell him for twenty mil, and then we just recycle the story. Ah, we sold the wrong keeper. Ah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, what but, has Emmy uh, done lately? You know, I mean, he's awful in shootouts. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> but um, Nato is another name. Nato from Barcelona. We all know their financial situation and how they're looking to get people off the books as soon as possible. Um, he is another viable option. Uh, uh, obviously, the homegrown um, thing doesn't apply to him, but I think out of everybody that I've seen linked, um, that he, uh, in terms of a quality number two for what you're getting, I think that he. He definitely probably stands out head and shoulders above the rest of them. Mike, uh, Hertz, you're somebody that obviously keeps a keen eye on Italian football um, and somebody that has been linked with the club is Manuel Locatelli from Sassuola. Now, it's a bit of a strange one because it seems to me that Arsenal are very, very willing to pay the money. Sassuola are, are really open to, to accepting the amount of money that Arsenal are offering but it's Manuel Locatelli seems to be holding out for a move to his desired destination which is Juventus it just doesn't seem that they are in any financial position now to, to cough up that money is it tell me what we can expect from Manuel Locatelli and 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 is it wise for Arsenal to be trying to chase a player that obviously doesn't desire London as his destination so I, I'm of the mindset that I'll, I'll take a player for one to, well, it, it's not going to be one season. That That's first and foremost. I don't think he's going to come through and immediately force a move back. So if he comes in, he, we're, we're, we're going to have a look at Delhi for two, three, four years if he does come through. Another thing is, look, you could love a team all you want, but not every player gets to play where they, you know, at the club that they love. 
So there's no there's no reason to believe that he can come in here and just love the club, love the love the city, and stick around. And I think that the idea that Italians don't like to travel, I think we're we're you know slowly but surely it, it's it's kind of going away, right? We like Jorginho's out here. Donnarumma just left Milan. Verratti's been in France for a very long time. So when when it comes to we're not his priority number one, but if he comes, our people are going to doubt. I don't think we should doubt his professionalism. So I, I have zero worries about that. Um, I've been a huge fan of him. I, you know, I've, obviously I follow Milan, so I've known of Locatelli from a really, really young age. Essentially, Mike, to get this reference is what t- Tom Canton is to Asensio, right? <laughs> I'm to Locatelli right there for you for that reference. So the, the, the best way I can describe <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the best way I could I could describe uh, Locatelli is he's he's like a, a he's the closest thing to a modern day Shabby Alonso. Mm-hmm. Propaganda ad is out of control. Yes, absolutely, Nicholas. Uh, so he's like a modern day Shabby Alonso. He's he's a player that's going to sit deep. He's going to allow Partey to move forward, and he's going to spray the balls just beautifully. Like he's he's a deep line playmaker through and through, a la Pirlo if you if you want to call him that. But I mean, I don't I don't think he's that level yet but he's an outstanding player that i would absolutely love to see come into the the club and and look i, I don't think the deal is dead yet i don't think it's as simple as juve you know he he has his heart set and personally i'm i'm throwing this out there i, I don't think he'll stay at Sassuolo another another season i don't think he's that hell-bent on playing for juve he's still very young he could still play for juve you know later on in his career so i'm very very hopeful that this will go through and I could buy a number eight kit with him with his uh, name on the back, but we'll see. But yeah, the, the best way I could describe for the, for like modern fans, so to say for English fans that, that watch more premier league, uh, think about a Xavi Alonso is, is the best way I could describe him. That just deep line playmaker. And I think he'd be an absolutely brilliant acquisition for the club. So if we get that, that player, I'll be over the freaking moon, man. Yeah, and I suppose one of the positive things you can take, it all sounds quite negative when you say that, you know, that he's holding out for Juventus and stuff like that. But if there is a light at the end of the tunnel, it's the fact that if Arsenal are still pursuing this deal, there's obviously some form of of, of inkling from from his camp that, that the potential for this deal to be done is there in, in some shape or form. But people we've got 62 people watching at the minute uh, and it's and it's going up which is absolutely brilliant if you could all do me a massive massive favor and just stay tuned for the next few minutes and just listen because i'm going to hand it over to mike and it's something that we're going to be doing or we have been doing and we are going to be doing over the next couple of months um so mike will hand it over to your very well i wouldn't say capable but i'll hand it over to your hands and you can you can talk what we have coming up my enormous sticky uh, gummy hands. Um, and here's a nice transition. So, uh, yeah, every summer we do uh, a a charity uh, fundraiser for Gunners versus Cancer. And while I'm I, I've been digesting the news today that our events in uh, Orlando are certainly going to be much smaller if they happen at all. Uh, stay tuned for more news about that. It's there's still a lot going on that you can be part of. So. I know a lot of people in here are into the uh, the old FIFA, if you will, and um, and we've got a tournament going on in the pl- in the registration phase right now. That's probably going to be too small to read, but uh, 
But basically, follow Gooners V Cancer on Twitter. If you play on the PlayStation or the Xbox, you can be part of uh, a 64-person Premier or no, it's like a like a Champions League tournament against people worldwide. Raise money for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, which is what Gooners versus Cancer is all about, and uh, and have a good time while doing it. Anybody that played in the tournament last year, win, lose, or uh, well, I guess you couldn't draw really in a tournament, but win or lose, uh, people had fun and it raised a lot of monies for the charity. So, uh, so check out the websites for that. Um, I want to take some time to, to thank some people and pretty much everybody on this panel today has, uh, has helped in a very different and unique and special way. Uh, also people in chat, I saw real Giannis in chat earlier and, uh, and he, won a 120-pound grand prize for the Euros uh, since he was randomly selected to be attached to Italy. Um, he won that money and immediately uh, announced that he would be donating the proceeds to Gunners versus Cancer. So, Giannis, that's, uh, that's very much appreciated. Shout out to you, even though you're making fun of my hands uh, now, as I already did. Um, Jared has been uh, a revelation this summer uh, with Gunners versus Cancer. Jared's been handling the the Instagram page for us, putting out content and uh, and helping behind the scenes with that. It's also roped me into a couple of bets that ended up with both of us having to having to put uh, twenty five dollars into the pot last weekend. Um, it should have been fifty if the guy's foot came falling off. Uh, <laughs> what's his name? Oh, Conor McGregor. I bet on the other guy twenty five dollars, but I should have it should have been double or nothing if if the guy actually had to amputate his ankle. I thought I should have got some sort of leg breakage insurance, but w- whatever, I'll pay my money. Well, you have to talk to Owen about that because, because, because you know, his family knows all about that. So, um, little inside joke. But, uh, but Mikey, you've also uh, been helpful over the years, always donating something for the auction and, and being, and being you know, as helpful as you can be. And, and that really goes back not just the last couple of years, but beyond that. Danny's always uh, played his part in in publicizing and having me on the show to talk about it and and uh, doing whatever they can and and of course Owen tell us about your second annual you're you're a, like a community organizer of sorts for Gooners versus Cancer which I absolutely love because anytime someone can do something on their own in the name of the charity without me having to be the person that organizes it it leverages our bandwidth to be able to reach out to more people so tell us what's coming up on uh yeah so on <clears throat> sunday the first of august we have our our second which will now be annual um gunners versus cancer football match or for you american folks soccer um and basically it's just an 11 aside charity match um uh, all 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 the local footballers that that i know and and, and that are willing come down um Quite play play a full ninety minute football match and um with a minimum don- donation of ten pound per person and all the proceeds obviously go to Gunners Free Cancer and uh, and in, in the long run to the um, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society which is a very deserved charity so for me it's all just about getting us out there visible and for me not only to represent the Gunners Pod and 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 represent the sort of Arsenal online world but to represent Arsenal is I think I take a lot of pride in that there and to try and portray our fan base which can be quite divisive at times in terms of what people think and other clubs think of our fans but to try and portray our club in a, in a positive light I take a lot of pride in that so yeah it's an absolute pleasure and and I'm honoured to even to even get the chance to do it. 
Hey, well, it's it's much appreciated, and and I think last year you raised about a thousand dollars. We'll we'll see how it goes this year. Every bit helps. Uh, we're working on a goal of thirty thousand dollars for Gunners versus Cancer this summer, and uh, I have a feeling we'll we'll hit it. Um, one other thing, uh, another very big supporter of of the charity is Sophie Nicolau, uh, soccer diva host, and uh, um, and and just the 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 all you can possibly ask for podcast host of the Highbury Squad. Uh, tomorrow they're having on Super Super Jack along with Super Super Kev. Uh, so Jack Wilshire in the flesh on the Highbury Squad, which you know I was a little jealous when I heard about that, but then as soon as I heard about that. We booked Bakayo Saka and Gabriel Martinelli for tomorrow, which is going to be – we're having it on at the same time, so you have to pick. <laughs> uh, but we're having all those guys on. They're going to get naked. It's going to be incredible. Uh, no, seriously, though, we'll get naked and ensure that you have to go and watch the other podcast. But but tune into the Highbury Squad. So if what time is uh, is that on? Is that at, at, at 8 o'clock tomorrow night, UK time? 10 o'clock? What it's is a, live, it's a live chat. You can't talk back, bro. It's, well, she can't. Well, okay. So I can't read Danny's fingers, but uh, but tune into the Highway Squad. Follow them on Twitter, and uh, and that should be a real, real good podcast. So, uh, and then we're gonna have ESR signing his new contract on, live on our podcast uh, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow at eight on the Gooners Pod. No. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah I, so that's, I, I, that's what's going on. I'm 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 gutted because I know that we would have really had a, a huge event in Orlando, but we're you know we're still going to find out how much of that still still happens. I know I'm I'll, I'll be going down there. I'm not one to let a, a booked hotel room go un undrank inside <laughs> and unfouled and and you're, uh, you're gonna go look for another uh, TGP fan and do another pod from a hotel. Look, anytime, like, anytime I can take a, a week of using somebody else's toilet paper instead of mine, we save we save like thousands of dollars. So I'm 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 100 going to be availing myself of the hotel, and uh, and see what happens. But uh, if and, anything, and, it's if anything, this is a completely bad thing for Florida in general because you know we always had the press conferences that you would have been attending to try and keep a sort of a tight leash on you, but now you're just being unleashed on the state of Florida. So apologies on behalf. Okay, so you so you look at the bad news as being isn't being that I don't provide exclusive access to the press conferences and behind the scenes for the pod. You look at the bad news as being that Florida now has to deal with me for an extra hour that I would have been in the pod. Okay. At the very least, you can't piss off our players with your alarms. So that that has to be a plus, <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I've been I've been saved probably from a great deal of embarrassment, to be honest with you. <laughs> and sp- speaking of alarms, gents. Um, I have to make my way to work, so I think we're gonna gonna wrap up uh, now. But look, as we said, check over head out our twi- uh, check out our Twitter um, at Gunners Free Cancer and at the Gunners Pod. Uh, whilst we have all of you people in the live chat, can you do me one selfish favor as well and press subscribe? We are massively underfollowed, as well as that. There, go over and subscribe to a bar camp Wonderland. Them lads are putting in some fantastic work at the minute, Danny. I know noticed that Chris has this new series out, which is which is very good if you want a break from some of the mayhem that is transfer season, silly season. So what are you lads doing over there and when can they expect to see some stuff coming out? Uh, we did one with me as a guinea pig. No one cared about that. The second one was with Tom from the Guna Talk. That was really good. He did one with Simon Collings, ex of ABW, who's now going to be, is a big time journal with a standard. At this very second, he's recording one with Jeff Hullen Funden, ex of ABW, and 
because uh, all these people have got jobs and work and stuff like that. And so he's recording that one. I think he's doing one with our Josh. Um, I told him that uh, Owen, if he wants someone with, uh, with an interesting story about it, or that maybe get Owen on, um, if he's got no one, nothing else on, he might ask uh, um, Magic Mike. And if he wants uh, um, if he uh, scrapes to the absolute bottom of the barrel, then, uh, <laughs> then I'll be available. I think he's after people with interesting stories. You never know, Mr. Hertz. You might even get a call. And uh, Jared, you're just too normal. <laughs> yeah, he, he goes from scraping the bottom of the barrel from people he's heard of to having to look to people he's never heard of if he's coming. Oh, <laughs> no, you're coming along leaps and bounds. You're, you're better already after a year or so yeah. than I am after... Well, you're in the pipeline, years. my friend. You, you, um, oh, and you had a you had a series like this back on your uh, on your Gooner Crack podcast. You did one fantastic behind like get to know the guy better type of interview, and then you canceled the whole series. What happened? Well, there, he you couldn't follow up on it. Yeah, you were fucking insane, and I was like, I'm never doing that much research on anybody <laughs> again. I was like, I realized how, I realized I how fucking like, oh, creepy I it was. That, one. that got quite I'm, deep, didn't it? I'm talking, mm. yeah, I'm talking to this guy who I at that point kind of just getting to know a little bit, and he starts pulling out statistics about my sister Lisa, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, look, so, what, ha- what happened? What happens in Vegas? I'm like, I gotta have Vegas, that guy Mike. on my podcast. <laughs> Uh, no, but it seems anyway. like the guy that'll buy like a miniature pool table and use it for a background on a podcast <laughs> someday. So I gotta, I gotta get in early before that happens. <laughs> yeah, so I'm sorry. Gonna get Mike. You get know what Mike. it is? It's a green screen, probably. It's just a green it is, screen. Yeah. There's, a, there's probably nothing no, back there. No, it's a real pool table. Hey, why are your why are your pool balls yellow and red? I've never seen that. Proper because we are fucking real people. Not, not that's okay. how. Yeah, that's that's uh, that I do remember. From the, no uh, one call it snooker, or I'll tell you, I'll slap you. Yeah. So yeah. Different game. That's exactly what Owen calls that it, by stop the way. Him. Yeah. No, no, going to, he's going to play snooker tomorrow. I go and play a snooker. I have a decent size room in my house, but not a fucking big enough for a snooker table. So, so you bought a pool table, installed mm-hmm. it in your house, and now you leave to go play snooker on someone else's snooker table, which is like four times the size as a pool table, right? Twice. Twice the size. Four times. Well, <laughs> I've been known to. I've never exaggerated in my life. I exaggerated. Yeah, in my life. <laughs> Jared, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> yeah, always a pleasure Rush, to jump on and join you guys. I appreciate the invite. Mm-hmm. No, it's a, no. It genuinely is an absolute pleasure. We need somebody with a with a serious head to try and level out this bullshit that is the Gooners podcast. <laughs> um. Anyway, I'm not going to say bye to you two because I'm fucking sick looking at the two years. I'm going to say okay. bye, Mike. I'm going to say Mike. It just gets confusing. So bye to the two years, and then Feinberg. I'm going to hand over to you for an outro because you are that unorganized that trying to parade through the fucking mess that is our video log is an absolute nightmare. So you're the only one that can navigate it. So I'll pass it over to you, buddy. Yeah, uh, I will cap it off. Uh, again, if you're going to be in Orlando, come and see me. I'll be at the Broken... I'll be making an appearance. Now, there will still be a get-together, as far as I know, at the Broken Strings Brewery downtown in Orlando. Um, and uh, if you'll be there, we'll we'll just, you know, we'll have some fun. When you go to something that's rained out or canceled, uh, you, you, you make lemons out... Of, you make lemonade out of lemons or something like that. So that's what we're going to try to do. And uh, thank you, Danny. Thank you, Jared. Thank you, Mikey. Thank you, Ian. Always wipe um, front to back, people. Always wipe front to back. Yeah, definitely wipe front to back. You do not want uh, to deal with the uh, the rest of the uh, the implications of not doing so. I'm basically trying to find the video right now. That's what I'm doing. And come on, you gooners.